Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of The Creator's Outlet with our special guest tonight, Fusebox. What is going now first, on? Uh, where did you get that nickname? It comes from my last name. My last name is Fusilay. Oh, yeah, I can. I might have a little trouble pronouncing that. Exactly. Like if I just saw <laughs> it written down, I'm like, oh. Fossil, uh, <laughs> Mufasa, <laughs> Mufasa, something like that. So, uh, tell us how you got into the, the comics end, because you've done film and, and voice acting and all kinds of stuff. You've got a lot of hats to wear. Well, you know, I kind of took, I took sort of a hiatus from all that about four years ago, if I'm counting right. Time keeps blending together for me. But uh, basically, I was I was in a state of, like, just sheer confusion about the movie The Last Jedi. It, it just had me... I, I didn't understand why people loved this movie so much. And so I started... <laughs> I started checking out YouTube videos, and I picked up on some of the original CGers... And I was really liking their content, and they were describing, you know, launching books and doing it independently. And I really liked the sound of that. I liked the idea of grassroots movements. And so I just decided, you know, I'm a writer. I would like to write a comic. And then I ended up, like, I was brainstorming for a while. I was like, well, what am I, what am I going to write, you know? And I couldn't. I couldn't think of anything new at the time. And then it dawned on me that I've had a story that I've just been playing around with for almost 20 years. And so it got to a point where uh, I just decided, why don't I see if I can adapt this into a comic idea? And when I did, it turned out to be much better than when I had originally planned it as like a screenplay and stuff. It was it works much better as in the comic book medium. And everything just really clicked into place for me. Well, it, it's more cost effective, shall we say, to make yes. a comic book or a graphic novel than it is an actual film. So Absolutely. Which, which you well know. So um the uh, the big thing is now nowadays it's fairly easy to make your own comic once once yeah. once you get the funding in place like anyone can make a comic however oh, yeah. not everybody should make a comic yeah <laughs> it, it's it's one of it, you know it's you know one of those things but there are an amazing amount of uh, indie talent out there that are that are putting out like some really great stuff oh definitely and like uh back in the 80s and 90s most of the big names in the in the mainstream industry uh have all left and gone you know either full-blown indie or to groups like cg and uh they're they're you know thriving like e ebs with like a million dollar uh cyber fraud oh, yeah. campaign 
action figures, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and, uh, you know, to say nothing of uh, the Ripperverse with Eric July. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, they were at, uh, him and his crew were at uh, San Diego Comic Con. Uh, mm-hmm. And they weren't staying for the Sunday. They were just, they did like the, the setup day on Thursday and then they did Friday, Saturday. And they had a couple of panels for indie comics. And uh, one of his people set up, uh, I saw it pop up like yesterday that they have already sold 29,000 copies of issue two of Isom. Damn. And some of those are donated books. He's got a thing going on with uh, Comics for Kids, which is a nonprofit that gets age appropriate comic books, like all ages kind of stuff. Um, to, you know, kid, kids in various children's hospitals and, and you know, after school programs and stuff like that. So half of, half of that, so almost 15,000 books have been donated. Damn. For kids. So that that's like huge because I've worked with uh, other friends of mine that uh, do it for uh, the vets. They'll take donations and they'll go out and they'll buy wholesale, like a whole bunch of books from, say, like uh, Mile High or something. And they'll get addresses and stuff for active duty and, uh, you know, retired vets. And they'll just, like, mail them out stuff. Because who doesn't like getting something in the mail that's not a bill? Yes. So, um, and it was... I, I always got behind him. I'm like, well, if somebody's going to do something for the vets, I know it's not going to be the government. <laughs> you know, so. Lordy, lordy. Oh, yes. Have mercy. <laughs> There's the look of exhaustion on your face. Yes. <laughs> I have been promoting this campaign like crazy because this is like my third attempt at launching this thing. And I just, I don't know why it doesn't catch on. Because it's it's damn good art. It's a damn good story. And my big thing is like, if this campaign fails, I'm going to relaunch issue one as just kind of a store. Because I don't mm-hmm. really need to raise much of anything to redistribute issue one. And I figure I'll try to raise the money that way to complete issue two. Because... The story is too good. It's too good. Now you you've been like you said you've been working on this for like twenty years, so this has been like a long time coming. And you're like, well, now it's going on twenty five years. I want to <laughs> see this thing come out somewhere and and people to be able to enjoy the story. Yes, indeed. So, uh, I noticed you're, you're out of New Orleans. Yep. I just so happened to have a very good friend of mine who's an artist. He's a cover artist, a pinup artist, uh, right down in your neck of the woods. Oh, really? And I do a stream with him, uh, every Monday night, uh, 
His uh, his screen name is Sean Ziller. It's Sean Howe, and his studio is Zero Dark Thirty. Okay, I think I've heard of him actually. Um, he is, to put it bluntly, a convention whore. I am. Um, he was doing, um, a lot of regular shows like down in that area last weekend. He did the convention out in uh, Arkansas. Uh, his daughter, one of his daughters, Trinity, is following in his footsteps and is a uh, an amazing artist as well. Does more like kind of like anime style stuff, kind of like my daughter. I have no artistic uh, bones in my body, uh, so she got them also. <laughs> At least something went right. Um, yeah, he he's done like a lot of. He's not doing any for like a, a long time, but he had for a reg, a regular amount of time, uh, like the better part of a year, he'd been doing like all these shows uh, at Black Lodge down down there in Tennessee, and uh, hmm. but then he just became uh, the house artist and. After you see the same people at the same show, like every week for a year, you're like, "Yeah, yeah." Look for look for look look for something else. But he's got like seven or eight more like big shows down in that area, and uh, I wasn't sure there was a, there's a show in Dayton, Ohio, this weekend, and I wasn't sure what he he did that show last year. Uh, I'm not sure if he was able to get down there this year, but Hell he, yeah. like, he does he does like freelance stuff, so he's always cranking new stuff out. Um, and he does uh, he's a regular cover, cover artist now for uh, Alton that does uh, Vampires in New Jersey and uh, like two other tied in titles. Uh, he's done multiple covers for other people and uh chuck Pado, who's an editor has his own book called belial and uh they just approached sean like last week to uh do a cover for them too nice so he's a good company he usually ends up on projects that uh steph wilson is also doing a cover on <laughs> <laughs> so pitch us Pitch us the book, why we need to buy this. Well, Outlaw Knights, this is issue two, although we are offering issue one on this campaign, but this is the beginning of the Outlaw Knights saga, which is hopefully going to be about eight to ten issues. And this takes place in the 31st century. Humanity has begun colonizing into outer space, and history is very much repeating itself as... It's like the discovery of the New World 2.0. The nations of Earth are all at each other's throats, competing heavily for territory and resources. And keep in mind, I, I wrote this before certain current events, but I basically said that uh, this story takes place 10 years in the wake of World War III because I was very generous. Know? I was very generous with that estimate. Didn't realize it could happen sooner. 
but you know, basically, uh, in this time period, we've got a boom in piracy and in crime because the inland earth is so far detached from the colonies, which are called, which are basically in what is called the outlands, which is the vast reaches of space. Uh, this has led to a lot, you know, their control being stretched thin. So we've got a big old boom of crime. And in the midst of all this, we got our main character, Cyrus Lawson, who's a young guy, had a pretty rough go of it growing up, and he is settled on a small, out-of-the-way colony called Therese. And he's gone there to join the colony guard and just kind of live life as sort of like a small-town cop, if you will. He's not expecting a lot of trouble. But right from the get-go, in issue one, that dream is ripped right from under him because the pirates of the ship hazard invade his settlement looking for a special piece of data, and this data is going to lead to a treasure everybody and their mother has their eyes on. It's a rat race in the making, and without giving issue one away, our boy is kidnapped by these pirates. So... He's got to learn how to survive in the pirate's life and overcome his very, very rigid sense of right and wrong because not everything's quite as simple as he thought it was. Everything is complicated. It's very much a coming-of-age, fall-from-grace kind of story. And uh, we're going to take a look at the trailer now. Yes, indeed. So uh, who did who did the trailer? Uh, that was done by Verse Films, which is a company owned by the team who did skits. Oh, okay. Yeah, they they're great folks, and yeah, they they put that together for me because I've got editing skills, but not great ones. Like I can't do camera movements and such on like still images. Mm -hmm. So they I needed them to help me out. <laughs> yeah i'm like i'm like i can't i can't even make a video with with the mobile uh app there cap cut everybody's like why can't you it's really easy i go <laughs> because i'm complicated <laughs> i went i went to college for radio television and video production 
And Yay. Uh, I, I learned how to edit on three and three quarter inch tape, <laughs> like studio stuff. <clears throat> we had to, uh, one of our finals was to uh, make like a fake commercial. So I did a fake commercial for a fake uh, flood insurance company. And in between my talent reading reading their lines, like on on camera, where we had like projections of storms in black and white, uh, I took cut scenes from the Captain Marvel serial from Republic, where there was a crashed like tanker. And he was like saving everybody off, off the ship with ropes, pulleys, and baskets. And they're like, "How'd you know where to get that stuff?" I go, "Well, if it's a comic book, I have it on my movie <laughs> rack." So, and uh, <clears throat> then I did, you know, I did like small, like local access cable stuff and like interview shows like this, but like with bands back in the day, cause something about drunk girls. I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's my, that's been my motivation for most of my adult life. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I got very ill back in 2016 and I died on the operating table and they had to put me into a medical coma that I was in for way too long. Uh, so now I'm in a wheelchair. But prior to that, for almost 30 years, uh, I was a strip club DJ for like 30 years. I did nightclubs and stuff too, but. Hell yeah. Something about naked women giving me money. That, that was my tagline. All my friends were talking <laughs> about like their new big jobs that they just got and promotions. So what are you doing? I go. Naked bitch, you give me money. What? <laughs> and one of my best friends would be like, he's still DJing at strip clubs. Oh, dude, when are you going to stop that? I go, when I'm dead. And it just so happened that uh, I died. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but it was just a scratch. I'm fine now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it happens. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm still here. So this looks nice, kind of <laughs> reptilian alien uh, on the subject I was just talking about, boobies. Uh, yes. And the biggest Gatling gun on a page that I think I've ever seen. I love me Gatling guns. So I had to. Yeah, that, that character is code and... She's a no-nonsense pirate who will pull a knife on you if you look at her funny. Okay, I'm gonna just tie a bandana around my eyes and not look at anything right now, then. <laughs> <laughs> and is this is this piece of print, or is this uh, one, just one of the covers? That is the cover of issue two. And it was done by Jay Krager. Oh, nice. I like the uh, 
the whole cyborg aspect of him with the that is our villain for issue two as well he should be <laughs> he, he doesn't look like a nice guy is what I'm saying no yeah like that I like I had them do like several art pages just to like I was gonna choose a cover based on just what I liked and when I saw that one I was like yes I need that psychotic look Shots and shooting. I mean, that's the name of the game. It's pirates in the future. You gotta have guns, you gotta have booze. Mm -hmm. A different kind of rum. Yeah, that was our that was our issue one cover. Somebody is well stocked with the alcohol. Oh yeah, especially since our captain, who's the large head in the middle there. Mm -hmm. uh, his name is Ivory, and he is a raging alcoholic. He can pilot the ship himself, but he never does because he's always drunk. In space, there's no telephone buttons to hit. <laughs> just, just planets and asteroids. Yeah, that's a that's one of the interior pages from issue one. I put a few of those up there. Friggin' love them all. I see uh, a little homage to uh, Lieutenant Who Horror from Star Trek there. Yes. That was my artist's choice, not mine. I, I let him do it. And the computer obviously likes her. Uh... <laughs> that is a computer virus. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, that's yes. going to be entertaining. That's why it's so happy and cheeky. Now, does she just walk around 24-7 holding that gun? <laughs> no, she mainly shows up at one part of issue one with the Gatling gun. But it's just, it's iconic to me. Yeah, it's, the Gatling gun is iconic in, in cinema for sure. From, from the early westerns with the hand crank one. To, <laughs> you know, movies like Commando and... Anything cool? Matter of fact, there's a Gatling gun that is prominent in uh, another crowdfunder going on over at Fun My Comic. Code uh, name Ariel the Merkmaid. Yep. I know it well. Ah, our lovely raging alcoholic. <laughs> He's my favorite. So, uh, what's the story with his eye? Well, there's a backstory there that I don't really get into in the main series because uh, basically I was hoping to build outward from this particular saga. I was hoping to do like some, some other stories in the Outlaw Knights universe, and one of them is going to be a backstory for Ivory, but. We don't really get too much into that in the main in the main plot here. Story the biggest thing about day. 
the biggest thing about his eye is just that it allows him to, you know, he can scan people, find out where they're hiding weapons on their person. It's got all kinds of neat applications, mainly for recon and plotting things out. And for being a terrible human being out in space. <laughs> Yeah, that was when our that was when Cyrus was confronting the pirates in issue one. Heroic, but a little too foolhardy. Yeah, when when you go running in at somebody and they've already basically have a shotgun in their hand, <laughs> you're not surprised by the big giant cutout of Blam at the bottom of the page. <laughs> And that's Kodiak, our away team leader, who is, you know, I would say of all the crew members, he is the slowest one to earn trust with. But he has very good reasons for why he's he's wary. We're going to learn more about him as as the issues roll out. I'm digging the art in this, though. It it, it it's kind of like a throwback to like you know, early early image. Oh like yeah, the, the the layout, the way the layouts are on the panels. Yeah, I love the '90s vibe. Yeah, it's it's like we've got words in there, but well, we you know, it's like and get the gist, and then you can go back and read it and find out what really happened. Oh well, yeah, and plus, I mean. Like, the way I used to write when I was younger, and I was like, I wasn't really trained, I would put so much information right off the bat, and it was just too much. And so, like, when I was writing this, I wanted to do the... I was taking advice in that it's like doing more of the show, don't tell. It's like, mm -hmm. have people learn on their own from the visuals and from just little bits of dialogue. Let the art tell the story, and uh, you just have a little clarification because too much exposition is not a good thing. Yes, uh, that's that's made for prose novels where there's no visuals except on the cover. I used to get I so actually, disappointed. I actually I tried to write this as a novel, and I got about. 10 pages in and I was so sick of writing books. <laughs> and all the line art is officially done for issue two. Yes. Um, I just need to get the colors and the lettering. Oh, nice. Uh, I know it's been very popular with uh, with other crowdfunding campaigns is like just like a black and white version of the actual book. Yeah. I mean, I, I see the appeal of that. It's just, uh, I feel like with this specific art style, I need to have some vibrant colors. Yeah. It all, it all depends on, on the book too. Uh, some of that is some of the popularity of that is just for the, uh, 
you know, the artists that worked on the book or the creator that happens to be their own artist that worked on the book and people just want, you know, like them so much. They want to, you know, they want to take a look at like their process basically. Yeah. So they want to be able to look at the, look at the line art to see where it comes from. That's why uh, a lot of the uh, Marvel and DC put out those 500 plus page uh, black and white uh, on newspaper. And it would, collect it collected like thousands of issues but they were only like you know 12 15 dollars a piece so they were cheap and a lot of artists are buying that because they can't see uh the line art of all these great artists that have you know been dropping like flies as of recent and you know want to want to see you know how they structured stuff before uh the, the inker and the colorist uh got to it and either made it jump off the page or not in some cases. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very well balanced. Oh, yeah. And especially since, like, because of the title, Outlaw Knights, I like having a lot of shadow and a lot of darkness. A little uh, sci-fi horror. Yeah, just a yeah, a little different <laughs> a twinge. From, yeah, yeah, just something that differentiates it from other sci-fi's that you've seen before. The the normal standard of which is just a bunch of people on a ship aimlessly wandering around the galaxy, <laughs> trying to put food on the table and pulling jobs. Pretty much. But yeah, this... But the treasure they're after... See, I'm not specifying what it is, because I want people to find out from the book, but it's it's a game-changer for a lot of people. Treasure. Arr! I had to do it. It's a pirate book. <laughs> I did my best to avoid pirate cliches. <laughs> So, who are these characters specifically? Well, the the fella on the left there is our main character, Cyrus. Okay. And in the center, we've got Kodiak, who is the away team leader of Hazard. And next to him is Serpent, who is the quartermaster of the ship and basically the second in command. And he is the ship's resident con artist. He specializes in acting, and he knows how to slip in and BS his way through any situation. And then next to him, we got Bit, who is pretty much, I would say, the newest member of the team. And he works mainly in uh, hacking and computers, and they don't really quite trust him just yet. I don't know why you wouldn't trust a hacker. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the con artist, uh, you just basically described Face Man in Space from the eighteen. So, I I I didn't watch it. You didn't watch the eighteen? No. As a kid? Oh wow. I'm thirty three. <laughs> oh yeah. Never mind. 
<laughs> it's available to watch for free on Tubi and, and Roku. <laughs> there she is again. Yeah, because Ang angry and shooting. Well, I got some, I, I the ones that are doubled up there, it's because uh, that particular part of the campaign shows you the posters okay. that are available. And what size are the posters? Oh, uh, God, I want to say they're about yay big. <laughs> Can you see me at all? Yeah, there we go. I want to say they're about yay big. Not like huge. Oh, so um, but more like more like mini prints then, right? Yeah. Uh, do they fit in with the Do they fit in with the book or no? Separately, okay. So they're <laughs> they're larger than A four size. Yes. Uh, you know, as you could tell from my totally professional estimation there. And I already knew, it just from the image, I'm like, that's a 6 a.m. sticker. Yep. Uh, my one of my stretch, my main stretch goal right now is that if we can hit 5k, I'm gonna throw in some chibi stickers, made from 6 a.m. and from Selena Hernandez. Oh, nice, nice. like the background in this yeah that is a station they are visiting in issue two it's not a it's not a savory place this is just a cool image oh yeah wellington has the best images someone just has to give that guy a sandwich because man <laughs> says the fat guy in a wheelchair <laughs> and I came, when I was scrolling through earlier I came across this uh, and it reminded me of the uh, I'm going to keep going back to Star Trek I'm sorry uh, no worries the, the first J.J. Abrams movie where we had young oh, Spock and old Spock, and old Spock <laughs> flew his ship in, and it had the broken ship, and it had, you know, it had the special engine for the red matter, and uh, had like this ring going around it. So it made me think of that, like something well, that... between that and uh, Obi Wan and Anakin ships that had like, <laughs> see, uh, the 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 ring around the ship was basically like you know, a rocket booster module, so. Well, in this case, that is a security checkpoint that a ship is flying through. Oh, okay. And it seems to be an armed security checkpoint. Yes. Besides the two guys. That looks to hey, be yeah. some kind of weaponry on the ring, so. There's, a, there's some artistic license going on here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's always good. Now I want to jump and inspect the... Uh, oh, is it still going on? 
<laughs> it, it's it's you got you've got uh, resting Ricky Gervais face from when he did that that last <laughs> uh, award show there. So ten dollars you can get Outlaw at Night uh, digital. Yep. Uh, ten bucks a piece yeah. for uh, one and two. Yeah, I like, the, call, the, I like to call that the Australian tier. I'll tell you, like, yeah, like my my perks are very straightforward. I I don't add a hell of a lot of extras. Because when when push comes to shove, uh, it's a comic book, and you want people to read the comic book. That and the fact that, like, I just thought, like, you know, way a few years back, like, I just noticed, like, so many comic campaigns, they just kept adding more stuff onto it it's like yeah that's really cool but isn't that gonna screw with your delivery time because it's like you got more things to juggle um and you... <laughs> uh, i backed uh global frequencies first book called mavericks that came out the other year i remember uh, that and i sold the entire first run of the first uh, Jane Foster Thor, uh, Lady Thor there, to a, to a buddy of mine. I go, if you, you're interested in this, because I read it, I don't care about it, and I need some money. Uh, so <laughs> I sold that, and in turn, I backed the collector's box and the merch tier, tier box. So the only stuff I didn't get was stuff... Uh, on the uh, on the Kickstarter, I backed the Indiegogo, and I didn't have any money left over after that for uh, anything else. Um, and there was one there was only one thing on on the on the Kickstarter campaign that I I did want to get, which uh, they have like this really badass cosplayer uh, posing and dressing dressing up as uh, the main uh, the main character in that book, but. Yeah, they they underestimated the weight. So they were going to send everything in one box and then realize they can't send everything in one box because (laughs) just the main collector's (laughs) box uh, weighed in just a smidge over 15 pounds. Oh, God. So the merch tier was, you know, much much better because it was, you know, fairly light. Well, definitely light compared to the other one. <laughs> but there's there's like there's thirty prints. Some of them were exclusive to streams. Uh, like a dozen copies of of the books, um, and all the all the tchotchkes, some which were like uh, not three D printed, but uh, double sided uh, figures. So it's like the same figure mirrored on both sides, but they came with stands so you can set up like a battle scene if you wanted. <laughs> now, physical. $20 for Outlaw Knights 1 and the same price for Outlaw Knights 2. Or... And we got, yep. The limited two-for-one special, so $20 for both issues. Yes, because I had 30 extra copies 
of issue one that because I overestimate like I overestimated my order for my last campaign. So I had I ended up with 30 extras. So I decided to offer them as part of this limited edition tier. Give you more bang for your buck. So they were limited to 30. Uh, seven people have backed that tier so far. So yep. 23 more people have a chance to uh, get a two for one. You're going to want that. It's, it's like FMC on, uh, on Groupon. Amen. Uh, $30 uh, Outlaw Nights issue one uh, plus the poster and you get the drop down so you get to select everything. Yes, indeed. And same thing. So if you don't want to go for the $20 because you feel like you should be supporting the project more, you can get, <laughs> you can buy these two tiers so you can get two different posters and both issues. And then you will just be scrolling back and forth for about an hour trying to figure out which post you want. <laughs> uh, $50 plus shipping, uh, both physical and a poster. So you can save $10, but in turn you lose a poster. Look, sacrifices have to be made. Oh, who are you? <laughs> No, you haven't fallen down yet, so no, it can't be you. <laughs> uh, Outlaw Knights issue two overseas special. Yes, this is for the overseas folks who I remember a while back. I was seeing how like you'd get like several people going in on one tier together, and so mm -hmm. I decided to do one especially for them, getting eight issues sent to one location so that, that people don't have to get you know bogged down by the shipping oh i get it. this is like a retailer tier without it being a retailer tier yes we do have a retailer tier also <laughs> so we have the 140 which is eight issues and then uh then for 200 you get uh Oh, I get it. So this one will give you eight issues. And then the $200 yes. one, uh, you get 10 or 15. Yes. Or, oh, wait, wait, no, no. I'm not. I should be reading the actual print. Right? <laughs> Such a schmuck I am. So the $200 one gets you copies of the issue, multiple copies of issue one and two. Yes. Okay, that makes more sense to me now. But Ops was suggesting I, I'm probably going to knock that price down some. Yeah, you're red blind it, put it on sale. <laughs> <laughs> and out one night's issue one cover poster, issue two cover poster. Hero shot poster, battle poster, and lady pirate poster. Yes, and that tier will get you drawn in to issue two. Oh, very nice, very nice, very nice. I know a lot of people that love getting drawn into comics. Oh, yeah. 
but usually only if they can get killed in the comic. I'm sure with lots of pirates, a stray shot could take out somebody. But you're you're guaranteed to be a pirate because you'll be drawn in at the port they're going to. Oh, cool! And that's nothing but criminals at that at that spaceport. A wretched hive of scum and villainy, so they say. Absolutely. So yeah, this this. I had uh, Carissa Grant on uh, with with her uh, crowdfunder last week, and she had so many so many combination tears uh, that I felt like I was scrolling from my birth year at the doctor's. <laughs> I was like, "Are we there yet? Are we there yet?" Uh, you. You're, you're keeping it simple, like the international ones, and uh... pretty much, yeah. It's it's for the customer and it's for me to make sure that I can get it out in a timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a that's a good idea. Just you know, multiple ship to uh, you know one location. Everybody can pick it up from their friends and you know, absolutely pass it along. Because, yeah, issue one, we had a f- good number of overseas backers. And I just, you know, I want to give them, I want to give them as much, as much of a deal as I possibly can. And still not eat it on the shipping. Exactly. So you've got a, you got a 4K goal. Uh, you've already got 10 people in. So you got 350 raised so far, so we need to get it the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have a spare $3,700, you can just toss it my way, and that'll be fine, you know. <laughs> I've been living off of $800 a month for, like, the last six years. So. <laughs> yes, a month. Not a week, a month. <laughs> that was my culture shock. Going from what I used to make when I was working the clubs to, yeah, this is over giving you. Good luck. Oh, thanks. Oh, God. Lordy, lordy. Yep. Lord have mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I just wanted to... So you got somebody that grabbed the digital cop, one of each of the digital copies. Seven people for like the two and one. Oh yeah, I knew that was going to be the hot seller. Yeah, it's like, don't you just love a bargain? I love bargains, hell. I used to work one of the clubs I used to work at. The old men would would wait around till like three o'clock in the afternoon when the club offered two for one dances. What they didn't realize is you're getting a dance from a girl uh, with actually less time than if you just bought one. <laughs> oh damn! I used to uh, quick mix like uh, 
like old Motown songs that were on average around two and a half minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times, we, hey, I'm going in, could you either play Stairway to Heaven or even better yet, In a God of Vida? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's not happening. So you're looking at the main story going about eight to 10 issues. Yes. And then at the same time, you're also working on world building. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm also in my I'm also slowly but surely I'm working on a fantasy series. Knights and dragons and stuff more like roman period stuff with magic stuff thrown in there so the D &D people can relate yes oh there's a wizard very much so you know as long as nobody goes through and like waits out the wizard's actual name and just writes merlin everywhere So do you have anything else uh, coming up as far as uh, stream appearances? Um, I'm going to be on Narwhal's stream this week coming up, and I oh, believe cool. I'm also going to be on Joe Sontag's show. Oh, nice. So I'm, I'm hoping to God that we can pull off a miracle. Because, yeah, like, this campaign has probably been my slowest one yet. And that's got me a little nervous. Um, so that's why I'm already kind of planning contingencies just in case. Yeah, I know uh, one. I know a couple of the guys that are, that are on the FMC platform. Instead of putting it in for, you know, limited amount of time, like... 30 to 60 days. They, they just, they do unlimited. They do unlimited. And, it, you know, once they hit it, they, they just go right to print and start shipping them out. Uh, I know, uh, Sam Quentin over at Sinopa will order all his books for his usually around 5,000 copies of each cover. Nice. And, uh, so there'll be pallets of comics in his house. And once it goes in demand, if if somebody puts in an order that day and he happens to be streaming, he'll just package it up and send it out like right there on, on camera. You oh, know, without yeah. the docs without the doxing. Well, I've got uh our boy RJ handling yep. fulfillment for this this time around. I handled the issue one's fulfillment and that went pretty well. Like, I don't think I had really any problems, but I like, I like having a professional on hand <laughs> or, or RJ even. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to clip that one and send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, everything looks, looks pretty cool with this. If, if, anybody's into like you know sci-fi not necessarily uh star trek or uh 
Star Wars. <laughs> um, and uh, Sean and I were talking about the whole Star Wars movie crap. Uh, like the last three pieces of garbage. Yeah. Uh, I think those were... He, he surmised that those were done so we would forget how bad the prequels were. Well, they did make the prequels look great. <laughs> it's because he was still in control of the company then. I mean, the prequels are not what I would call masterpieces in cinema, but they look fantastic compared to the sequels. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, you know, a two, you know, a two-hour NASCAR in space movie, uh, and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I will, I will only acknowledge the prequel to New Hope. Yeah, for the making of the Death Star, and that's that's, <laughs> that's only because the last five minutes of that movie uh, got edited perfectly into the beginning of New Hope to add like an extra like seven and a half minutes. Yeah, I, yeah, like that was the thing about that movie was I, literally the only part of that movie that I really enjoyed was Vader, and that mm -hmm. was like one sequence. And that was that was pretty much it for me. I was like, "That's all I needed." I'm good. That and that <laughs> and the cartoony animated uh, Ren Moff Tarkin. Oh God! <laughs> I'm like staring at the screen. I go, "I know my eyes are bad, but they're not that bad." What the hell is that? <laughs> I'm like, Carrie Fisher's not dead yet, but she doesn't look 18 anymore either. Whoa, granted, you know. Popping all your friends' prescription pills out of their out of their medicine cabinet while you're supposed to be reading their script will do that to you. Yeah. You know. So we're gonna spread the word. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, this will be available on podcast wherever you wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, Spotify. Apple, I prefer Spotify. Yes, I have a Apple hatred. It's just me. I don't blame you. Um, and on those other platforms we mentioned earlier, so I'll I'll tag you in the uh, in the post when when it clears Spotify. I usually do like a a quick post thanking you for coming on and cross post it to you know like Facebook and. Twitterverse and, and sounds and good. Yeah, so hopefully it'll get some in there. Uh, and you've got those other shows coming up. So hopefully yep. this this will uh, quickly start approaching where you need it to be in the in the scheme <laughs> of things. Because <laughs> we're supposed to have the low point in the middle. You know. Not, not like a week after launch. It's not supposed to work like that. There are know. a lot of books out there right now, though. So, Yes. The landscape changed a lot between... Because I, 
I took like maybe a year or two of a break after I fulfilled issue one and everything changed. So it's like I'm doing it for the first time all over again. I went to, there's a bunch of people crowdfunding on this race course and now it's like a downhill ski slope with a really, really steep ramp at the end. Yeah. So I want to wish you all the best. Hopefully this gets to where it needs to be and uh, we'll keep we'll keep sharing it around. Uh, let me know when it comes close to uh, ending so we can uh, throw a bunch of posts up towards like the last couple of weeks. Sounds good. And uh, go FMC. <laughs> That just sounded dirty. It's not. That's fun like that. Yeah. It works both ways. So make sure you follow Fusebox. Uh, the link to the campaign and his YouTube page are both in the description, either down below or up above, depending on where you're watching us. So go subscribe to his YouTube page, too, because there's, there's more content about this book there, as there should be. It's his book. And it's his YouTube page. <laughs> I only had one beer. What the hell? <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a Friday. It's going to happen. So, man, thanks so much for coming back on. And uh, I really hope this can come to fruition for you, especially with those two-for-one specials for 20 bucks. So I know. I don't, think I don't think those will be around too much longer. So get on. I wouldn't think. I try not to. It hurts my one brain cell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So until next time, uh, we'll have another guest on next week. Who is it? I don't know yet. I'm talking to like nine different people. It all depends what their schedule is with all the conventions going on. So um, we wish you all the best of luck and uh, go check out this book, Outlaw Nights, part one and two of the prequel which is way better than a other prequel we were just talking about. <laughs> There's no Jar Jars in this one. <laughs>